you know, you can offer accessibility services and you can have ASL interpretation and say, okay, you're an audience member, you're a deaf audience member, you can come and see the show. But if they never see a deaf person performing on stage, uh, there's a message of this aspect of the arts is for you, but this aspect of the arts is not for you, if that makes sense. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. Since 1993, Queens Theatre has produced programs that celebrate the diversity of the borough. And starting this Friday, May 13th, they're hosting two weekends of performances and events in the first ever Forward Festival of the Arts. The festival will highlight the artistry of deaf individuals and other performers with disabilities. 20% of people identify as disabled, but many cultural experiences, like theater, have major barriers to equitable participation. Beyond that, there's a clear lack of representation of artists with disabilities on stage. Forward Festival of the Arts aims to break down these barriers with performances by Omnium Circus, Family Theater Company, Full Radius Dance, and Molly Joyce. Organizers have also incorporated audio description, open captioning, ASL interpretation, and other accessibility services into their programming. Today, I talked to Queen's Theater's Executive Director, Turin Sacramone, about how they've worked to make the experience accessible to more of our neighbors and why representation of artists with disabilities on stage is so important. I'm Taryn Sacramone. I'm the executive director of Queen's Theatre. Uh, Queen's Theatre is a performing arts center in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park. And I have been the executive director here for almost nine years. So live in Queens, work in Queens, uh, married to a Queens restaurant owner, have a couple of little kids. And that's, that's my story. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about the Forward Festival of the Arts? What is yeah. it? So the Forward Festival for the Arts is a festival that Queen's Theatre is producing over two weekends. So it is all uh, work that centers and celebrates deaf and disabled artists. That's the through line in this very diverse program that we have planned out over the next couple of weeks. And what inspired Queen's Theatre to develop this festival dedicated to deaf and disabled communities? You know, interestingly enough, Our mission has been about really celebrating and reflecting our uniquely diverse community in Queens. That's been, you know, Queens Theater's mission over the last 33 years. Back in 2016, we started to interrogate whether we were being fully inclusive of deaf and disabled individuals in Queens, that intersectional population, you know, 20% of people identify uh, as disabled. So we started by expanding artistic family, working with more disabled artists, and became really aware of the lack of representation on stage of deaf and disabled artists, as well as the lack of accessibility to cultural experiences that a lot of disabled people experience, right, as barriers to equitable participation in the arts. And so we became more as a learning institution, just really, really looking at what we weren't doing. And as we produced, we produced The Miracle Worker, actually, and we were looking for a deaf 
child to play Helen Keller and having a very difficult time of it to, you know, finding a, an actor of that age who was deaf, who could play that role, looking, you know, as far as Philadelphia and not finding somebody. And so at the time there was an organization inclusion for the arts that had a database of disabled artists. And we put out a questionnaire saying, what were the training opportunities like? when you were young, you know, how much were you able to be engaging in the performing arts? And the responses that we got uh, suggested that there were barriers and that there wasn't, the training process wasn't really truly inclusive, but that they were also looking for opportunities as emerging professional artists for advanced training, professional networking, career guidance. And so we started two programs. One, a professional training program for emerging actors, you know, adult actors building their careers, and as well as in-school education programs working with Queens Public Schools. So we launched it as our Theater for All initiative. We greatly expanded accessibility services at the theater with audio description and ASL interpretation. And sort of one thing led to another. You know, once we had this cohort of actors, we were looking around to say, are there enough roles? You know, where are the roles for deaf and disabled actors? We put a call out for plays by disabled playwrights and or featuring disabled characters. We got 174 submissions. We got 12 of those submissions within five hours. So clearly there was work out there and voices out there just not being as highlighted as they could be. And I heard you mention that phrase, theater for all. What does that mean to you? So theater for all is about not siloing the idea of deaf and disabled individuals, but saying this is about equity for all. And you can't be thinking about that without taking this population into consideration. And it shouldn't be siloed. So we're in Fleshy Meadows Corona Park. There's a playground in the park called the Playground for All Children. And it was the first a playground, I think, in the States with universal design, designed to be inclusive of children with disabilities. And they didn't name it you know, the playground for children with disabilities. It was the playground for all children. So that's the idea of inclusion being about that rather than about siloing or separating. Are you targeting specific audience with the festival? Who should come see it? Again, with the idea of not siloing, everyone should see it. This is really for general audiences. If you like musical theater, come see the musical theater piece. We're offering full accessibility services so that that's you know, we have ASL interpretation and audio description and captioning. So we are providing the accessibility services for individuals with disabilities to attend. But our expectation is that it be about everybody being able to attend. Yeah. And kind of along those lines, um, what accommodations is Queen's Theater making to ensure the venue and performances are accessible for everybody? Well, one good thing that we have going for us is that our building is entirely wheelchair accessible. And I say that because fortunately, both for from the audience point of view, which I think is what a lot of people think of when you say we have an ADA accessible space, but also for the artists. So all three of our theater spaces, the performers are also able to access the, the main stages. So there's that aspect of the space. And then in addition, audio description, which is where um, blind and low vision audience members can have headsets and an audio describer live describes what's happening visually, the set, the characters, all of that action. So if people are unfamiliar with audio description, that's what audio description is. ASL interpretation, as well as captioning. Those are 
distinct in terms of language and preference for, for um, well, ASL for, those are distinct and complementary. So we're, that's why we're offering both of those things. So our, you know, information is going to be on our website. We're mindful of people using readers to use our website. And um, yeah, so we're trying to have a full range of ways to accommodate audience members. And what kinds of issues do deaf and disabled folks run into when they want to check out a theater production that doesn't have all of these accommodations? You know, it's interesting because, you know, we took a, 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 as a staff, a workshop beyond accessibility workshop years ago with a woman named Christine Bruno, who's an excellent, she's an actor herself and a disability consultant. And she really encouraged us to think about it from the experience of someone in their home, you know, giving consideration to what their experience would be like. So how can you even sort of communicate this is what it is so that they can be thinking through and planning what they're going to be getting. So make it clear when you're offering accessibility services, making your location clear. And as I said, we're, you know, a learning institution and we're always looking for new ways to advance that. So a friend of mine whose uh, sister is a wheelchair user called me only a couple of days ago. And she said, I noticed that some of the events don't have their run times on it. So that's going to be tricky for me for coordinating my rides to the theater. I really need to know the specific times that I'm going to be there because for her perspective, transportation is going to be something that she arranges herself. It's not an accommodation that the theater uh, is offering, but we can provide information that helps to support their experience. And so because Queen's Theatre has been doing this work, I think that folks like her know that we want to hear those things and make those adjustments along the way. Why is it important to have productions like the Forward Festival of the Arts? I think it's two things. I think that for deaf and disabled community members, I think that it's important to see representation on stage and you know, to send the message that the performing arts is for you. You can see, you know, you can offer accessibility services and you can have ASL interpretation and say, okay, you're an audience member, you're a deaf audience member, you can come and see the show. But if they never see a deaf person performing on stage, uh, there's a message of this aspect of the arts is for you, but this aspect of the arts is not for you, if that makes sense. And I also think that at times deaf and disabled people are not just underrepresented in the arts, but underrepresented in life. Because if you have an inaccessible space, you're not going to see a wheelchair user there. If you're not offering certain services, you're not going to see people with various disabilities there. And so it gives the impression to uh, people who maybe don't identify as disabled, they have a less full picture of who their neighbors and community members and colleagues are. So in a way, it's representation on stage. It's a, in a way, it's representation in life. One of the key organizers of the Forward Festival of the Arts is Greg Mosgala. He's a New York City-based actor, artistic director, and arts administrator. I spoke to Greg about his own experience as an actor with cerebral palsy and his work to make the performing arts more available and inclusive to performers, audience members, and organizers alike. My name is Greg Mosgala. I'm an actor and artistic director, uh, arts administrator. 
I helped uh, plan, develop, and coordinate the Ford Festival of the Arts being presented by uh, Queen's Theatre. I joined Queen's Theatre in about 2018 as their uh, director of inclusion, and that my role was to look at the organization holistically and see where, where it could become more inclusive of deaf and disabled communities in all aspects of its programming. Uh, in 2019, we staged a national convening to discuss issues at the nexus of disability and theatre. Um, and outgrowth of that was, since we're all theater people and interested in the performing arts, wouldn't it be great if we could create a festival that could showcase and highlight the incredible artistry of deaf and disabled performers? So that's what the Ford Festival is. It's a national festival that's going to include dance, live music, theater, uh, new works in development from people all across the country. I think it's the first festival of its kind um, in, in New York ever to take place. So we're very excited about that. What can audiences expect from the play readings and the performances? Um, so we have a little bit of something for everyone. In addition to the, the play readings, um, we have Omnium Circus, uh, which is uh, an integrated um, circus. So that, that is great for all ages. We have uh, composer Molly Joyce, who's a really, really exciting uh, modern composer. Um, we have Full Radius Dance, which is a dan an integrated dance company out of based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that is coming to be with us. And, oh my gosh, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting something. Oh, uh, Family Theater in Denver, Colorado is a disability affirmative theater that produces uh, large-scale uh, works, revivals uh, of existing works and new plays. And so they're going to be presenting a their production of a revival of the musical Spitfire Grill. So there's a little something for everyone. And I think what we're excited to bring to folks is to general audiences, right, is that this work can be impactful, that it has, is as rigorous as um, any other work out there and, and can be just as entertaining um, and thrilling when what we're doing is just providing a showcase for people who don't normally get um, the opportunity to, uh, to be seen on that same level. What do these things mean for the deaf and disabled community? Well, I think it can mean a lot of things, but, you know, I think one thing that people don't understand about these communities is we don't often have a chance to get together and be in community with one another. Uh, I know for myself personally, I was born with cerebral palsy, so I identify as being disabled myself. And, you know, I always had to leave my local community to go be with other disabled people. It's sort of always been the case historically for myself. And I think what is great about theater specifically, but all, all the performing arts, really, and what Queen's Theater is doing so well is what they've done is they've created a space where they said, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, regardless of background, ability, et cetera, there's a place for you here. And we will make programming where you can see yourself. Not only can you come enjoy our, our work, but you can see yourself reflected on stage and we'll give you an opportunity to participate, you know, uh, in, in the process and in the enjoyment of the arts, right? Because that should be available to everyone. And I think... Um, one of the biggest issues for me personally was I never saw myself reflected on stage uh, until I was in a, in a show, right? So I think what's so great about people that will come to this festival, whether you're disabled or non-disabled, deaf or, or hearing, you know, you will be able to, you will see either yourself reflected on stage or uh, a new aspect of humanity or story you haven't been used to seeing reflected on stage. And I think that is what is really powerful. And that can change lives. Right. That can change hearts. That can change minds. So I think it's important 
for deaf and disabled communities to see themselves reflected on stage. I mean, we see, we hear the phrase representation matters all the time in this industry, and that's certainly true when it comes to these communities. But it's also true for non-disabled theater goers and general audiences as well. Because again, we exist in the world, we're integrated within families, within communities, you know, within all strata of society. And so we should be able to, to have our stories told symbolically, right, and artistically. And I think the more we can do that, the more we can hopefully break down those barriers to access and participation that persist throughout the industry and that so many people are working so hard to to break down and fight against. As Turin and Greg emphasized, the Forward Festival of the Arts is for everyone. You can get your tickets by using the link in our show notes or by calling their box office at 718-204-5002. You can learn more about the schedule and festival logistics by visiting their website, queensteater.org. Finally, before we go, our weekly COVID update with our community manager, Daniel LaPlaza, focused on COVID-19 here in New York City. Earlier this week, Mayor Eric Adams announced that high school students no longer need to be vaccinated in order to attend prom and graduation. The only exception is if a specific venue has vaccine requirements of their own. In that case, those rules take priority over the city policy. Just days ahead of the decision, a group of city council members had sent a letter to the health department voicing their concern over the exclusion of unvaccinated students. Now, Adam says he's, quote, thrilled that every one of our young people will have the chance to celebrate all of their hard work, regardless of vaccination status. But while students have gotten the green light to join the celebrations, whether or not they're vaccinated, friends and family have not. So keep in mind, if the ceremony or event is in a school building, guests still need to show proof of vaccination. As COVID case numbers continue to climb in New York City, this announcement is concerning to some. But just remember... There are ways you can protect yourself in public settings. The easiest one? Wear a mask, especially while indoors. We'd also recommend testing often. There are still plenty of free at-home COVID tests available across the city. If you need help getting one, send me a note at daniel at epicenter-nyc.com. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description. <laughs>